0: are EVs going to ruin the future of camping? That is a question that we are going to talk about today on today's All Electric Conversations podcast. Welcome to All Electric Conversations, where we talk with pioneers in traveling with electric vehicles. We're your hosts, Katie and Steve Krivolovic of the All Electric family. From road trips and towing to daily life, we'll hear stories of wanderlust and progress to inspire your own adventures with All Electric Conversations. I am
1: Katie. I'm Steve,
0: and we are from the all-electric family. And obviously, this topic is of of importance to us as we tow with our EV and have been since 2020. But this is the full first first full camping season where we actually have two production electric trucks as we're going into this year's uh, summer season with camping and stuff. So we have. The Rivian R1T and we have the Ford Lighting, which were starting to be delivered at the beginning of camping season last year, but not many people had their hands on them yet. Um, We were one of the lucky few that got our hands on actually both over the course of the last camping season. And so we wanted to talk about some of the impacts because we're seeing more and more of that conversation online, in the forums, in Facebook groups, and things like that on what impacts EVs are going to have when camping and RVing.
1: Yeah. So as we get into 2023 here, we're going to see more and more of those at the campgrounds. And what exactly that's going to look like? Is it going to overload? Is it going to upset a bunch of people? Like, What are all the things that are going to happen with that?
0: Yeah, is it going to increase the cost of camping, you know? our campgrounds going to shut down because they don't want to deal with it? There's a lot of what-ifs um, out there. Yeah. So we really wanted to dive in. But we want to jump in real quick here early on and say that if you are interested in towing with an EV, that you should go over to www.allelectricfamily.com slash charged rally and get signed up to come out and camp with us whether you have an EV now or not uh, to come check out and talk to people that are already doing it there's going to be give giveaways there's going to be seminars we're going to be there um, with whatever two electric vehicles we have (laughs) at the time we'll see what we end up with Um, but it's a great way to come out and learn about towing with an ev camping with an ev because we have a bunch of people that are already doing it and people that are have been researching it for years and a little bit of everything out there so be sure to jump over there to uh like i said www.allelectricfamily.com charged rally to get signed up to come i'm in iowa from october what fourth through the eighth fifth through the eighth why am i blanking out on the dates right now but uh October, the first weekend in October, come on out and, and join us,
1: yeah, it's a great time. We'll have a bunch of people there talking about towing with an e v and camping and family and just all sorts of fun stuff. so yeah, we would love to see you there yeah so let's just start with that so th- that is a campground that we will we will be going to. How were we received last year with all of our electric? Uh, vehicles and our campers and all of that.
0: Uh, they left us there, they wanted us back. Um, they were super excited, uh, because we're using the same campground as we used last year, and they wanted us to come back. Um, when we decided to go ahead and have the rally there again this year, they were super excited to have us. Um, and even us saying that you know it's going to be even bigger this year, and they were like, Great, sounds good, you know. So, um, and that is what we've used, like typically seen
1: when it's we're camping. Definitely what we've typically seen. But we we don't want to gloss over the fact that we do know people that have been turned yeah. away uh, from campgrounds, uh, towing with an electric vehicle. And, you know, so that, that hasn't been the case for us. No. But, you know, th- that has happened. And so yeah. one of the things that we talk about quite often is like your leaders in campgrounds and stuff like that. Like, what are they going to do? Mm-hmm. Well, we've already unfortunately seen a glimpse of that with KOA oh, yeah. and uh, they've t- already talked about how they only have nine or something That's like that. very small number. Yeah, of campgrounds that are actually uh, able to um, charge an EV and there's a whole lot of stuff that we can talk about with this. Um, and, you know, there, there's, from what I can tell, those campgrounds that they say are equipped for it, they do have a charging station, like a J-1772. Yeah. You know, it, that's what I've seen. I don't know if that's yeah. actually accurate or not. But when I, I did reach out to them one time, and they did say to talk to your campground, and but they did reiterate some of the, stuff they did have on their website, and I think that that's what Katie is chopping at the bit to talk to you about. <laughs> <laughs> but um I think that, you know, that some of the information that they're saying on there, I do worry a little bit about how that that may be perceived from other campground owners as being the Gospels.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, K- KOA is a big... It's a big company, right? Like they have lots of campgrounds and they're, they, you know, the campgrounds are like individually run, operated, whatnot. But, you know, KOA is still giving them uh, guidance on what to do. And so a little small independently owned campground that's not associated with KOA may look to KOA to say, what should I do about this? How should I handle, you know, electric vehicles coming in? And so I think that it is not good that KOA came in and said that you're going to essentially they said you're going to ruin our electrical systems you're going to ruin your car's electrical system don't charge at campgrounds campgrounds can't handle it like and it was a very period statement that they made when they when they made this article <clears throat> which is interesting because if you go back in their other blog posts they talk about welcoming EVs and coming in and camping with your EV. And so all of a sudden this switch flipped where they were like, eh, nope, just kidding. Don't come here to charge your EV. Um, and then with Steve reaching out to them and asking them and then them saying, well, just ask your local campground. Well, and that's what they should have said in that article so that not to influence other campgrounds to just go along blindly go along with this. Um First and foremost, I think we need to address that is plugging into a campground that is not. So let's let's say that the campground is not capable of charging your EV, right? Because there are going to be electrical systems that are not capable of handling it. If you plug your EV into a into a campground that is not capable of charging an EV, is it going to ruin your car?
1: um, I'm confused on that question, because what determines that a campground isn't capable
0: well let's just we're, we're going to set aside because every campground can charge a vehicle but let's say the so you plug in it's a hundred degree day all of the rvs in the campground are running their two or three acs and then you plug your ev in and it shuts the campground down we're just going to go worst case scenario right here from the top is that going to ruin your ev
1: the EV? No. Yeah. Um, because it has an onboard charger, so it's yeah. only going to put in the electricity that is good enough for it. Yeah.
0: So um, it when they say, and they put it in bold letters on this KOA blog, right, that it could ruin your EV if you plug into these campgrounds. And that's flat out wrong because the EVs have, they're monitoring what's going on so that you don't get bad power that's why you know like if you plugged into your house and the grid went down like it's monitoring all of that stuff right so we just need to take that off like KOA needs to, to take that off their website because it's just flat out wrong information it's not going to ruin your ev now
1: yes i think what they're doing is taking liability off of them yeah with saying that but it's
0: But it's creating a disbelief among people that it's just making it look bad, right? Like, it's making EVs look bad and that, you know, EV people are idiots and can't, like, they're even going to, you know, ruin their car by plugging into a campground. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I, I know they're trying to take the liability off of themselves, but they shouldn't state it in that way. They could state it in, to avoid damage to your vehicle or something like that. But it says you can damage your vehicle, like, you know, yeah. and it's not, it's not going to happen.
1: Yeah. The, you know, and the other part of what they're talking about is damaging their electrical system. Yeah. And it, yeah, the, it's their prerogative, whatever they want to do and say on that front, Um, you know, We've plugged into plenty of uh, pedestals and things like that. And there there's safeguards built into these pedestals. Breakers that uh, will trip if it actually heats up too much. Um, And all of this stuff that's going to actually prevent the pedestal from actually being ruined or their electrical systems. And, you know, on modern RVs, like they're they're taking a ton of electricity anyways because yeah. you have everything in there and so there there's a lot that goes into it that no EVs aren't going to you know ruin uh, their pedestal like I could argue that just modern RVs potentially could and it, there's a potential for any of it. well so like how things are ran you only have a certain capacity you have a capacity of what your whole campground is rated for and it's actually less than what is actually what dependent upon the infrastructure that's built in but typically it's less than running at 100 percent capacity so that's where like electrical engineers and people that are building these things out will say well if everybody is drawing that full 40 amps off of a a 50 amp, you know, pedestal, it's going to, you know, crash the transformer or, you know, whatever it is. I don't know if it's called a transformer, but like the, the big power that's coming in. And so, you know, that, that's potential. We talked to a campground owner last year. Yeah. Last year. And he had his go down. And he had to have the electrical company in and put in a bigger service for his. And this is out in the middle of nowhere. The only electric vehicle that's ever been hooked up to his campground is ours. And no, we weren't there when it crashed. <laughs> no, no. And so, like, that they are, a lot of these already have aging infrastructure yeah. that can't handle some of the modern uh RVs, and one of the statements he said is, you know, these new RVs have, you know, two, sometimes three air conditioners. You know, he's like, the refrigerator's running off of it, they have ice makers that run off of it, microwaves, all this stuff, hair dryers, hair straighteners. I guess so. He was, you know, just saying that they're drawing a lot more power. So, yeah, electric vehicles potentially uh are going to add to that but it, it, you know so i think that there needs to be more of an education side of it yeah. is what i see with it what we personally do is um not overload the pedestal by monitoring our power usage mm-hmm. we'll we'll jump down the amps of the vehicle how much it's yeah. drawing. Uh, we have the capability of doing that into our camper as well. Yeah. And so I know that's, you know, a very privileged thing to be able to do that uh, as far as the jumping down your camper. But understanding that maybe you could only plug in your electric vehicle, yeah, not, not the camper too. Or, you know, just running a few things in your camper while you're charging your yeah, OE. so there's a bunch of different stuff that can be done. It's more education than anything, if yeah. you ask me.
0: Well, I think I think people need to, you know, <clears throat> people need to realize that these RVs are pulling thousands of watts at once, right? So if your one AC is running, you it could be like a th- around a thousand plus watts. So then you get multiple of those running and, you know, you're getting up to where you're probably running around 5,000 watts worth of stuff. So it's, you're you're getting to where you're getting to be almost equal to what an, an EV would be running, like to pull, to charge just off of the ACs. And then there is so many things because you have to think about, like, if you're running, um, uh, a satellite, like that's pulling power in your camper. There's so many things that are are pulling power now in campers, and I think one of the things. So when we talk about monitoring and and drawing down our amps and stuff, so we have a a surge protector that it's monitoring our power usage and stuff. So you know, people having those that would be beneficial to help. Uh, with issues but I think the thing that it boils down to and we talk about this a lot when we're talking about charging your home as well is that when are EVs charging they're not charging in the middle of the day when it's 100 degrees and everybody's running all of their ACs and everything's on and all of their campers EVs are charging overnight when there is less power usage in the camper itself right your AC is not running as much because the sun isn't up you're not watching TV, you're not cooking, you're not, um, you know, you don't have your party lights on, you're not running your smoker, (laughs) you know, like EVs typically charge overnight when the grid is not at peak usage, whether that's the grid of the campground or the grid of your house. So, I think that it comes to, you know, when those arguments come around, well, again, most of the time an EV is not going to be charging at when the Peak of the power is needed. You're using it at a less, um, a less uh, a time when there's less draw. So I think that there also needs to be education about that, right? So if you get to a campground and you don't have to plug in right away when everybody's cooking dinner and doing all of these things, then hold off. Wait. Don't charge your EV right away. Um, let plug it in right before you go to bed. You still get a sufficient charge, and then you can go about your day. So. There is. There's just a whole lot of education, and I think that they get um, the EVs get a bad a bad rap, a bad name, just because of the unknown. People just don't know what they're gonna do, so they just jump to that whatever it is. It's gonna be bad.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So there are you know plenty of. I'm not sure where to go from here. <laughs>
0: So how do we get the education out to to campground owners? How do we teach that information to the campground owners? What do we need to do to say, hey, I'm not going to come in and destroy your electrical system?
1: Yeah, but just like, you know, KOAs, you know, getting rid of the liability on them. Like, how do we know that, you know, somebody's not going to be an idiot when they're uh, charging? So that... All we can do personally is, you know, we love building this community is just try to educate people just like we're trying to do here is, is educate not only our uh, community of EV adventurers, um, but also, you know, campground owners. Like I love business. I love talking numbers. I love doing all that. So like, I would love to talk to some of these campground owners that don't, uh, maybe understand it. That, that's exactly what we did Uh, back home was talk to that camper yeah. owner. You know, I was just explaining to him. you know, just figure out how much your, you know, electricity cost, and, and then figure out, you know, how much an average EV is going to be charging. And if you just want to ask the person, most EV owners are going to, you know, talk to you about it. And then you come to an agreement, yeah. you know, to w- whether that's, 10 extra bucks are just dependent upon what, you know, how much they're going to be charging and traveling and stuff like that. Because the reality is the electricity to charge up your vehicle, depending upon what part of the country you're at, is going to be around 10 to 20 extra bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and if you're not using your camper during that time, I can argue the fact that, you know, you're not really consuming that much more energy yeah. and so you know just just talk to them about that but i do want to say that we have had so many campground uh owners or developers reach out to us and want to host our yeah you know event yeah. there because they see the future they see what's coming down the pipe and they're building the infrastructure you
0: specifically know, to, yeah. to
1: support that and so you know I think it's just, you know, tr- the transition is always going to be some people looking into the future. And there's always some people that are going to be holding on to the past. You know, the fact that some of these campgrounds still uh, only have 30-amp, yeah. you know, uh, service, that, that kind of tells you that, you know, one, maybe they don't have the infrastructure in their area, which is possible, or two, they're just kind of stuck with their old, you know, pedestals and infrastructure that they don't want to upgrade they don't want to put extra money into it um but that won't even support some of these big campers either like you know we've tried running uh our old camper off of 30 amp and uh, and it would trip the breaker yeah so i mean it
0: even running just one ac like you you know because you don't power both when you're only on 30 amp And we would just be running one AC, and it would trip the breaker. Yeah. So, sorry. No, there. So, the next question then becomes: Is it going to raise the cost of camping? Are EVs going to raise the cost of camping? Are we going to start seeing higher prices at campgrounds
1: just because of EVs? I. Potentially, but I guess I'm okay with that. Uh, and a bunch of people are gonna say, "Well, yeah, that's because you're an EV owner." Well, that's not what I mean. Even if they wanna set segregate me or separate me out and make me pay a little extra, I'm fine with that. I don't, I don't think it's fair to, you know, pay an exorbitant amount, and I'll have that conversation with yeah. people about why I believe that, um, or. Honestly, I don't even care if they put a bunch of J one seven seven twos around there and charge you for what you actually use. like that could be a great uh, resource for that.
0: Well, I think I think it comes back around to you know a little like casita camper, right? There's a little tiny like thing, or a uh, a teardrop camper, or what have you. A pop up with no bathroom or anything like that is going to use significantly less power than a giant class a a 40-foot class a camper so you know should you be paying the same if you're in a teardrop versus if you're in a class a camper and so i think that it's it's when a lot of these especially older campgrounds were built the diversity of campers wasn't there The, the campers were on airstream or you know whatever the case may be so it wasn't there wasn't such diversity in the types of campers that you were camping with and so i think that it, it all be, starts to become a conversation of like are you going to just just charge everybody monitor the power that people are using and just charge everybody specifically for what they're using or do you have different rates for different type of campers and then an, an additional rate for if they're, they have an EV with them? Um, but then again, for us, we have our camper has a pretty significant battery bank. So if it's nicer weather and we don't need to run the AC, we're probably not going to plug our camper in. If we do, it would be for a tiny period of time, like maybe when we're cooking dinner or something, just to not deplete the batteries down. So, you know... If somebody pulls in with an EV, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to use, more, use power. more power because they may not plug their, their RV in. So, you know, I think that I think the problem is, is people are pegging it all on EVs. But the truth of it is, is that the RV industry has changed and that we need to look at all of it as a whole and take a, take a look at, at how things need to be priced, how how campgrounds need to be set up. And I think that there are a lot of campground owners that are doing that, especially if they're building new campgrounds or upgrading their campgrounds. They've realized that there's a big change, and that that you know, not only is it EVs, but the RVs have changed, and so they're they're making those changes. Um, you know, it's expensive to upgrade ele- electrical though. So you know, I get I get the hesitation of a particular campground to want to to do those upgrades and stuff um but i don't think that the blame all falls specifically on evs by
1: any means yeah and i I don't know that that's happening we see it because we are you know in the ev rv yeah you know field and so people are going to point their discouragement or their problems at us because we're out in the open uh which is fine and that that way, we can discuss this and try to see if there's, you know, a solution to the problem, if there's even a problem at all, to yeah. be honest. Um, and then, and then go from there. <clears throat> but yeah, that there may be, you know, something that needs to change when you're talking about, you know, how to charge in a campground. Maybe it's by length of the trailer or, or how many ACs you have or, you know, something like that. I don't mm-hmm. know if ACs is the right way to go about it, but. You know, just something like that. So
0: so how can EVs then actually end up helping with this problem? Like, Because there's one scenario that I can think of, right? So um, in areas where the electrical grid can't support DC fast charging, people are coming up with these chargers that have battery um, storage within the charger itself so that a vehicle can come up and then DC fast charge. So the grid can't provide all of that power at once. So it juices up the battery bank that's within this charger. And then it um, the car comes up and it can deplete the battery storage rather than having to use power from the grid. So do camp if, if a campground installs something like that, is there additional benefits for the campground if they do something like that?
1: I, I would imagine. I don't know how specifically all that works. But, you know, it's because I don't know if it will actually supplement once it goes over a certain usage before it would, you know, trip some sort of main breaker or whatever you would call that. Um, and so I don't, I don't know the specifics on that. The, the, the thing I do know is it would help if the power went out, then it could, you know, sustain power. But it'd have to in my eyes, it'd have to be a very large battery bank to support, you know, a significantly sized campground. Um,
0: but potentially could keep, for instance, like the the office yeah, or whatever yeah. up and running. Yeah. Um, so that you know, there was some power to the campground or whatnot, mm-hmm. or like a, a building, like if they had an event building, they could continue to run power to the event building. So if it was a really hot day, potentially you could have like air conditioning yeah. um, in that building or whatnot. So um, yeah, I I could see that be a benefit as well. And, you know, obviously that's gonna be an additional cost, but there could potentially be partnerships between charging companies in these campgrounds and stuff. Um, if, if a campground has, A general store or whatnot there on at the campground and you put in a charger, well, they could get additional revenue, not only from the person coming in and charging, so paying for the energy of the charge. And so this would be someone not staying at the campground, right? So somebody that stops by to charge. So they could come in, they could charge at the charger and then go into the general store and buy their snacks or use the restroom or whatever, and then they could get additional revenue off of that. You know, so I think my point being is that it doesn't necessarily all have to be, like, negative things that are coming because of this. I think that there could be some beneficial things to campgrounds if they think outside the box and look at, you know, hey, what can we do to 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 make this work? Because it is going to be the future. It is going to be, like, everybody's coming out with an electric truck now at some point. So there's going to be a lot more. Yeah. And instead of saying nope, nope, never, like, saying, okay, here's how we can make it a positive for us.
1: Yeah, I mean, let's go back to KOA. KOA, if they put in a charger, they could increase their, you know, profits, hopefully with the charger eventually, um, but then also, you know, they have a lot of play areas all that uh-huh. things to do. So, like, if, it, as a family... Yeah. That would be super nice. To
0: yeah, go. charge me 10 bucks. I will do it to, to yeah. let my kids go play.
1: Yeah, to go play on the playground <laughs> yeah. or you know, maybe even pay extra cuz you got uh, those uh pedal boats or whatever, yeah. you know, cuz you know maybe we'll maybe we'll make that or a long stop
0: yeah and a lot of those campgrounds are already charging it because they have like an activity band that you go and you get that shows that you've paid for to use the facilities so like they're already they already have that piece in place a lot of those campgrounds so that wouldn't even be difficult to figure out. you're just like, oh well, you can buy an activity pass and you can go swimming if you want to while your car charges or you know whatever
1: the case may be yeah, I think that uh it's definitely. You know, the, a possibility there uh, to actually help the campground increase exposure and maybe have revenue in times that they don't yeah. normally have revenue. So
0: yeah, I guess another thing to think about is um, like state parks and stuff. How are the state parks going to be impacted by this, and is it going to ruin camping there, so to speak? Um.
1: I uh, state parks will be the least impacted and what what I mean by that is they at least around here I guess I don't know how it is in other states like they keep up on their infrastructure mm-hmm. like they're always changing out you know what I see is their electrical um, yeah I
0: think every campground we stay in has had
1: an upgrade within yeah. the past three years so they're they're staying on top of it, and I think that it probably goes back to they see the higher demands of the r v s so yeah you know, and then also with your campgrounds that are you know state funded or federally funded, I don't know if federal has anyways that are state or federally funded that they are funded by the state of the fed. And so like, they don't, they don't have to worry as much. They will eventually have to worry about making their profits pay for everything. Mm -hmm. Um, But they don't have to worry as much as, you know, KOA or your mom and pop. Like KOA has to worry less. Your mom and pop has to worry more. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I don't think it'll affect them at all. And I don't, unless if you have some sort of i don't even know what they're called the the person that's ahead of the campground at the state level unless if they have you know somebody that's just angry at EVs like i don't think they're even going to say anything yeah is is my thought every campground we've been to uh you know the people that are working there i'm not saying they're the head of the place but um has always come up and been like oh this is awesome yeah you know so i mean and we've had some people that um
0: you know like it was obvious that the electrical had just been worked on there were still trenches and stuff from the new electrical coming in and like the guys i mean they were like doing trash like over across the way and then they walked over to us and were asking us questions about the truck and like Uh, charging and all of that stuff they saw how we were set up they saw all of it and were just super excited about it you know Um, and I think that that's I I think that per usual the people who are unhappy about it are the loudest about it and everybody else stays pretty quiet right like they don't come out of the woodwork and shout out on the forms like I love that evs are coming to my campground like because it's not the stuff that you you know go on there and and talk about um but you know we have like steve said earlier we have had campgrounds ask us to come out and stay with them um we have i mean (laughs) and it's one of those things too the people that say hey come stay at my campground are saying that from a campground page right The people that we have said, you can never come to my campground on our stuff online is someone that is not a campground page. So who knows if they even actually own a campground. So, uh, you know, but the people that are mad about it are going to be the loudest. And so I think that, you know, if you're new to this and if you're curious about towing with an EV and staying at a campground with an EV, but, you know, you're on, for instance, the Airstream addicts facebook page and everybody talks about how terrible it all is like take that with a grain of salt and then go out and find pages like uh you know if if you come to the charged rally we have a group for that talk to those people and see what their experiences have been versus people that do not own an ev do not camp with an ev do not tow with an ev and what they're saying they you know talk to the people that have the personal experience with it are there people that it's not going to be for yeah you know there are people that it's not going to work for and that potentially you know maybe you're the kind of person that gets to the campground although I still don't even know how this would work like you get to the campground and you open a can of beer and you don't want to worry about anything for the rest of the entire camping trip but even like just plug in your EV before you start drinking your beer <laughs> and you'll be fine. But at like, you know, I, 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 it's hard for me to say how it, you know, as far as like just the personal camping experience, towing experience is different. But the actual just like camping experience, that it, it's just there's no difference to it. There's no.
1: Yeah. So we're talking specifically about campgrounds, and yeah, you know, so like that's true about I'm boondocking and stuff like that there there's going to be some positives with it depending upon what electric vehicle uh you have and there uh, is potentially some downfalls too and so it'd be interesting to go through that exercise and talk about that
0: yeah you know we don't we can't speak to it too much just because there's not um there are a few campgrounds, but they're pretty local, and they, you know, don't have a whole lot going on at the campgrounds, like, to boondock. We, we should,
1: we need to do it this summer and see what the experience is like. Um, you know, a couple of different things, like, just from our experiences anyways, like, you know, if you had a Ford Lightning with a pro power on board, um, like, as long as there was a charger nearby, like you can have plenty of power yep. for what we would use even running your air conditioner. Yeah. So like that would be that would be super beneficial. Sure, after three, four days you might need to run into town and charge it up, but you know, for us specifically, three or four days we're gonna be Out of, you know, gray and out of black tank, out of all of that, out of water and and everything anyways, just because we're a family of five. But, you know, we just use more resources. Um, And so we would have to go in anyways. And plus, you know, on the side of boondocking, too, if you had to run your air conditioner, if you had that set up specifically, you wouldn't have to have a generator. Yeah, anything, but you also could have a generator and extend your stay a little bit. Extend your stay and charge your vehicle if you, you want to. So, like, the, there would be some positives to it, where maybe you're only running the generator during the appropriate times, which we can. That's another story. It doesn't make a <laughs> whole lot of sense. I feel like you should run that at night and then other during the day. But anyway, <laughs> the noise. Um. But so that. You could, you know, run that during the day, charge your vehicle, or uh, just run it off your camper to extend your stay a little bit, Um, you know, but there would be downfalls to it if you don't have a charger nearby that you can go charge your uh, vehicle up to run your camper, then you, you know, wouldn't be able to, but if, you know, you wouldn't be able to stay very long. Yeah. You know, maybe two, three days. Well, really, probably three days. And uh, so with that being said, if you didn't have air conditioning, all that, and you had just even a decent-sized battery bank in your camper, you're probably not going to really need to pull power off of it anyways. And even if you did, you you would just pull very minimal power anyway. So you could stay there for a long time.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, the the thing that wouldn't, if you wanted to go explore while you're boondocking and stuff like that, you would definitely need to make sure that you had enough charge while you're out there to go explore and come back and still make it back to a charger. Like Mm -hmm. there would definitely be some more, you know, calculating in your head, um, and figuring that out more than a gas vehicle, but you know, a gas vehicle, when you go boondocking, you want to explore and you're not close to much, you want to make sure you have a you know a full tank, anyways, yeah. and so wouldn't be too much different with an electric vehicle, um, other than there's just less places to do it. So Yeah, that that's what I would see with the boondocking. Uh, do you have any other stuff? Positive no. or negative? Um,
0: I mean, I think. Uh, uh, well, you know, as we look towards the future with things like the um, the stream and the Lightship RV it's going to become easier to boondock. And the argument could be put into place that it would even potentially be easier to boondock with an EV than a gas vehicle because you're charging your vehicle off of your RV that has enough solar to sustain that. Um, You know, so as we look towards the future and people are innovating and creating new things, you know, as we go down the line, it potentially could be even easier to boondock with an EV. As of right now, no, that's not the case um but i also think that we should say you know we have probably time constraints cause us not to and this is not time constraints for charging this is time constraints just in life to just go far away right like just gas vehicle or not places that we want to go they're just too far away for us to go with all of the stuff that we have to do in life but we've researched going to some pretty remote locations like really remote locations more remote than the average person is going to go and the truth of it is is that there are chargers there you know you you can find some form of charger no matter where you go because i think a lot of people a lot of the arguments that i see is like well i can't get to my campground that's you know in this remote location or that remote location and in a lot of instances on the main highway like when you turn off that main highway and when i say main highway i mean a rural route a highway i don't mean the interstate i mean like you know small town life that there's a charger there somewhere you may not know that it exists you may not you know have seen it with your own eyes but it is there when you research it and know where to look and stuff um so you can get to those remote locations sometimes the chargers aren't as fast as you would want them to be mm-hmm. um you know when we're talking about getting to boondocking locations and stuff like that but i think it is important to to say that in our experience there has not yet been a place where we could not go and then uh camp at a campground or if we were going to boondock that there wouldn't be a charger in a town nearby or whatnot so that we couldn't go there. I mean have, can you think, can you remember a place that we've looked at that we couldn't go to because of it?
1: No, not that I yeah. can recall. Um, Is
0: there probably that that place out there? Yes, but like probably. there's like one person going there. You
1: know? <laughs> like, yeah, maybe like but even in northern Canada the they're even putting chargers up there once yeah. again, they're not as fast as you would like, but so that's a it's very um very possible that there is a place, yeah. but it it hasn't been where we have looked and you know once again, this is a very small amount of people that yeah. are going to be going to these areas, you know that's why they don't have infrastructure there. Probably even for gasoline yeah. and like diesel and all that stuff, because barely anybody's going there. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make as much sense. So, yeah, um, yeah. We've looked in a ton of different places. I mean, yeah.
0: let's just say there's part portions of like the trip to Alaska where I would be like, if we we're if you're going to drive to Alaska, that I would be less concerned about finding energy for my car than I would be for finding gas for my truck. Because, like sure, it might be a slow charger, but i'm i still I could still charge my car there, you know, there's still gonna be that electricity to charge the vehicle, so,
1: um, yeah, and no, I no, I haven't really researched the gas side of that, so I don't know that's
0: yeah, you just hear you know. Everybody always bring their auxiliary gas tanks. Blah blah blah. Yeah, I feel like but that. How is, much is that it's
1: true too? One at a. It probably. Is. Yeah, it's just guys wanting bigger, or more gasoline or diesel or. Yeah. You know, for my side of things, bigger battery, like more yeah, solar. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like that's.
0: How can I make a deployable big. solar yeah. Pan- yeah, awning yep. so that I can have more solar? Yeah. So
1: I think that that's our... <laughs> it probably similar. is, but yeah, I mean i i wouldn't I wouldn't be afraid to make that trip. No, when we tell people that, they look at us cross eyed.
0: <laughs> They're like, "Say what?"
1: You're, but it, you know, what was it? Andy said one time he goes, he was talking to a customer, and she said, "Of RV in Canada." Yeah, he said uh, the customer came in, and she's like. Well, it's kind of interesting. The more I thought about it, there's electricity everywhere. We kind of like it. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's like, yeah, yep. exactly right. It is everywhere, you know?
0: So. Yeah. And the bottom line is I think that looking at this from a perspective of like ruining camping, like, like people have already thought thought about it right like they've already thought about how do we protect the car how do we protect the grid how do we monitor things how do we make sure that we are are not causing problems and I think that I I feel as though everyone assumes right that that EVs are being thrown in without any consideration for the grid or the or power or anything like that but when you when you get down to it, and you boil, and it boils down to it, is that people have thought about it. They are thinking about it. They are coming up with the solutions that are needed. And I think that that also comes down into the campground experience, right? Like even us as EV owners that tow, um, you know, our camper with our EV, like we put more batteries into our camper so that if we are in a situation where we can only plug one thing in or whatnot that we could plug in the car and the camper could run itself you know so I I just think that all of these people that say that RVs or EVs are going to ruin camping they're just taking worst case scenario and saying that every time it's going to be that you know so that's, that's my thought on it is that when you hear those things it's worst case scenario and that most campgrounds and most people are are willing to figure it out.
1: Yeah. And make it work and not have it ruin it. Yeah. I mean, there's always going to be people that say, you know, something's going to ruin something else. Like, yeah. So I don't look into that too much. I look into the fact that there is, yeah. little bit of growing pains with this and we'll figure it out yeah and so um just talking to each other and talking to you know campground owners talking to you know non-ev people that don't um understand you know our community or what we like and what we want to accomplish and and just talking to them and having a conversation because that's that's how I always get through things is like okay let's figure out you know what would make this okay and so I, w- I would love to have you know specifically KOA on a podcast I might not be able to answer their specifics you know on like what they need to do to improve it they got enough money they can go and pay somebody to figure that out but you know, I would like to.
0: But we can provide the data on what it actually takes to charge a vehicle, you know.
1: Yeah. So I would like to talk to them just to figure out where they're coming from, what they're worried yes. about. Yes. And, you know, and try to help with that solution.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, if anybody out there has a contact at KOA, <laughs> let us know because we would love to talk to them about it. And we, we do, um, we are talking to a few other campground owners that we are trying to get on the podcast as well to come talk to us about like why they've made the choices that that they have made for their campground and what their plan is for the future, because I think that's important as well. Um, I think that, you know, before one of the things that, um, that I really enjoy about camping with an EV and, and being in an RV park, especially those that are like close together, like jam packed in there, um, one of the things is, uh, you know, one night we had a kiddo that wasn't feeling too good. And so Steve like left to go get medicine, um, but left in the middle of the night for some reason, I'm I'm pretty sure it was to go get medicine. And <clears throat> we've had that experience before driving a diesel truck and you start that diesel truck up and you're like, oh my God, we just sunk the entire campground up. You know, you're like, oh, this is terrible. I'm so sorry, everybody. And then when we had the same experience with the EV and Steve went out to the car and started the car and drove away and I was like, no one has any idea that he just left. Like, this is so nice to not have a massively loud vehicle that you're, you know, because, of course, when those nights happen, you're parked at the very back of the campground and have to drive like all the way, (laughs) all the way out of the campground up to the front. So, you know. That was one thing where I was like, man, this is so much nicer than having a a loud truck that you have to drive through. And I know that some people love loud trucks, and that's fine. But when you're driving through the campground in the middle of the night, it really does make a difference uh, in the noise and stuff. So that was one uh, another benefit that I had thought about um, when we were thinking about talking about all of this was that the quietness of an EV is fantastic.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. That's one thing I really have come to enjoy. I do, I don't mind loud vehicles like inappropriate situations in and yeah. appropriate times are kind of
0: fun, honestly. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Um, but also in that situation, it's not fun, <laughs> you know, and I don't, I don't think 99% of people that own, you know, a diesel or loud gas vehicle in that situation would think that was fun. Yeah. You know? No. know, of course there's. Small percentage of somebody out there that <laughs> thinks, oh, yeah, wake everybody up. Yeah. It's cool, but whatever. That's not very typical. No, so, no. Especially somebody with a family that cares about their family. So yeah. I think that, you know, that, that is a beautiful thing. And the, the potential of backup power is a beautiful thing. Yeah. So even if the campground, you know, does go down. I'm going to still have a warm cup of coffee. Yeah, So <laughs> I think that that's a benefit. No. You know, the, there are a lot of benefits, and even when you can charge at the campground, it's super nice, because then you wake up with a full charge. It's like uh, we talk about with everyday life. You, yep. know, you wake up, and you can drive forever. You never have to go to a gas station.
0: Yeah, the conveniences of having an EV at home. They just flip right over there to to the conveniences at the campground. It's no different when we're camping.
1: Yeah, so I I do think that there, you know, is a lot of benefits uh on the especially on the consumer side. Yeah,
0: to the owner of the EV, there's it's it's in our eyes, it's the way to go. Like, <laughs> you know, the tow vehicle, the all like there's so many benefits to it. It's definitely the way to go. So, um. I think that's another reason why campgrounds are just they're going to just have to figure out what works for them to make it work. Because more and more people are going to realize that an EV, especially as, you know, a majority of people, they don't go that far to go camping. They go to their local state camp, you know, the local state park that's down the road, you know, a half an hour or an hour away because most of us don't have time to go drive three, four, five, six hours. Camp for the weekend and drive three, four, five, six hours back. We want to go get there quickly within an hour, set up camp, and enjoy the weekend, and then come home. So, more people that use that scenario for camping are really going to start to see the benefits of owning an EV for towing and camping and all of that stuff. So, you know, it's a, it's it's just going to be a, a a has to happen thing, and so hopefully. We can help be a positive impact in figuring that out and answer questions that people have, answer questions that campgrounds have, whatever the case may be. But definitely don't think that it's going to ruin camping. I think there will be changes, but it's not going to make camping unreachable. They're not going to start charging $100 a night at every campground everywhere just because people are driving EVs.
1: So, what if We saw a campground down... Florida is beautiful. I Margaritaville, I think. Yeah. when I mean, it was close. to like $200 <laughs>
0: a night. And that is not for... That's because, you you know, you have a casita. You have a... Yeah, you, have you, yeah but... Sorry. Beautiful.
1: Again. I want to that's go not, there If you want to have me, Margaritaville, <laughs> I will come. Let us come test your infrastructure <laughs> for you. Let's make so. sure
0: that this works for the future. <laughs> but anyway... We've been rambling on now for long enough, but um be sure to follow us, uh subscribe to the podcast for us. We'd love to see people on all platforms whether that be YouTube or Spotify or iTunes or wherever you're getting your podcast. Be sure to follow us, leave us some comments. We are now on this will be podcast episode 12, so been at it for a decent amount of time now, not really all that long, but you know um we enjoy doing these we enjoy talking to other people so we would love to have you guys follow along so uh any other closing closing arguments any other closing pieces that
1: we need to have no arguments just if you know somebody that owns a campground or anything along that lines that wants to come on the podcast and discuss things uh Make sure to reach out to us on any sort of...
0: um... Whether they are pro or anti-EV, we would love to have conversations with either side. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, guys. Well, I guess we'll catch you next time. See you guys. Thanks for listening. Find all of our show notes at allelectricfamily.com slash allelectricconversations. Be sure to connect with us on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at All Electric Family. Find us on Twitter as All Electric Fam. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed this story, please be sure to share it and hit that subscribe button. Leave a review and help inspire others to hit the road. Until next time, stay charged.